Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Thoughts While I Drive to Work. Oh, there we go. Um, I do just want to give a shout out to all my listeners. Thank you guys once again for tuning in and, and listening to me talk. I, I don't really know why you do, but I'm, I'm happy you do, and hopefully you, you get something out of it. Um, I only say that because we recently hit uh, 400 followers, which is pretty cool. Um, and almost every single episode has, uh, it's closing in on 50 listens every single episode, which is also pretty cool. So today we're going to talk about, uh, missed opportunities and seized opportunities and what I've learned from them. So I went to Anchorage yesterday, uh, cause my daughter had to have dental surgery and first, I'll tell you guys this because this is, this is just funny. So my wife wanted to go to the Goodwill in Anchorage because my wife is thrifty like that and cool. And But right next door to it is our Duluth Trading Outpost store. So I decided I wanted to go in there while she was in the Goodwill. So I took the kids into the Duluth store. And they had a security guard, which I thought was, was odd. Especially this security guard. He was... I'll just describe it to you. First, I will I will say he was very nice. He was very pleasant, cordial, you know, whatever. He was a uh, probably about a sixty-year-old African American man um, wearing tactical pants with suspenders and a polo shirt underneath. He had a back brace on. He had a backwards uh, baseball cap. Uh, cut off gloves, like biker gloves with the fingers cut off of them. A big, big badge pinned to his um, pinned to his suspenders that said private security. And this was the best part. It was pouring down rain outside, and he was standing inside the building. He, uh, he had on a huge pair of dark aviator sunglasses. I, I don't know what this guy was doing. <laughs> I really don't. At first, I was like, this guy can't actually be a real security guard. There's no way he's just standing here. Um, must just be some goof just standing here. But when we checked out, I, I absolutely mindedly, you know, kind of made a comment to my the cashier. I was like, hey, so uh, does your security guard always wear sunglasses inside the store? And he goes, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> so apparently he's just there uh, all the time. Okay, missed opportunities and seized opportunities. So after we were done in Duluth, we walked down to uh, Sports' Warehouse. I needed to waste some more time because I really didn't want to stand there when my wife was in Goodwill. So outside of Sports' Warehouse, they have these big moose and bear statues. And my kids were playing on them, and they found a hat in the back. And it's a Sitka gear hat. Sitka gear hat. It's camel one, super nice hat. I mean, just you know, you know, sick of here. It's a fifty, sixty dollar hat. So I looked at it and I was like, sweet, free hat. And then I thought, you know what? There's an opportunity here instead. Um, there's an opportunity instead. My kids are gonna learn one of two things right now. They're gonna learn either that. Hey, when we find stuff, it's free and it's cool. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, too. Or they can learn a lesson that I'm going to show them. So we took the hat and we went inside. 
didn't really plan on going inside. I mean, it's just worth the warehouse. We have one where I live too. So, whatever. We went inside and the customer service line was like 20 people deep. So I'm like, you know what? We're not going to stand in that line. Let's just go find an associate. So we went up to the knife counter and there's a couple of guys there. And I said, hey guys, we found this hat outside. We didn't know if maybe you had a lost and found. We wanted to turn it in because it could be somebody's hat. And we just didn't want to take it. And <laughs> again, here's where it comes into play, taking souls. They look at me like I'm an idiot. They said, we don't, no, we don't, we don't care. You can just keep it, man. No big deal. Why would you come in here? It's, you just keep it. It's your hat. Again, they were dumbfounded that somebody would have that kind of like moral standard that they would turn in the hat. Apparently that would never have dawned on them. Um, so they told me just to keep it. I didn't want to keep it. That's not the lesson. But I'm also not going to argue with a bunch of guys who very much should not be working behind the knife counter, um, who I wouldn't trust with sharp objects. So, we looked around and went up to the gun counter. I figure these would probably be more responsible type people. Um, so we went up there and I told the guy the same thing. Hey, we found this outside. I said, I, I know I would be upset if I lost a sick gear hat. Do you guys have a lost and found? And he, he said, yeah. No problem, I'll take it to the lost and found. And afterwards I turned to my kids and I said, okay, so you, do you guys know the lesson here? And they said, they said they didn't, obviously being six and four. So I told them that, you know, we could have kept the free hat and it would have been pretty cool, right? But is that the right thing to do? To keep something that's not ours just because we found it? And they said, no. And then my daughter even went on to say, no, that's not what Jesus would have wanted either. We should have found the person whose hat it was. And I said, yeah, you're right. Um, we don't know whose hat it was, but we gave it to the right people who could maybe find whose hat it is. So the right lesson was learned. And they even told my wife afterwards about, about it. So this is an example of a seized opportunity. It's a seized opportunity. And as a dad and as a parent, you have to seize opportunities. There's not times where you, you know, if you just cruise through life, your children are learning. They're either going to be learning from you or learning from the world and everyone else. So you have to seize opportunities to teach them like this. Um, and so this is just an example of one that happened to me yesterday that made an impact. So let's talk about, that was a seized opportunity. Let's talk about some missed opportunities. And I mean, we could have lots of examples of this, but let's talk about some missed opportunities. Um, one of my first ones that comes to mind was the very first year I went caribou hunting. I didn't start hunting until I was um, a young adult. That's uh, not something we did in my house growing up, but my wife's family did, so I married into it. So I'm walking along this trail. I have my rifle slung on my back like an idiot and nothing's really going on and I hear a big crash off to my right and I look over and I see this big white butt jumping through the air and for those of you who don't know, no caribou have big white butts so this caribou being stupid I don't know stands there and lets me get my scope all the way off my back and then I look and I'm like there's too much stuff in between me and him too much brush so I try to maneuver to a better position. I'm like, if I can just get over about five yards that way, be a better position. So the caribou again, I don't know why, stands there while I move to a, to a better position. 
Um, I go to line up the shot, and me, again, not thinking, my scope is on full power, 14 power, to try to make this 20-yard shot. And, of course, I line it up. I can't see anything. It's all blurry. Bring the rifle down, uh, take it back down to lowest magnification, four and a half, and bring the rifle back up. And, of course, the caribou is just gone. So, missed opportunity. Kicking myself. It's been over a decade later, and I still kick myself over that one. So, it's easy when you make mistakes just be like, ah, hate that one. Or, ah, you know. I messed up. But what do we learn? We need to seize the opportunity to learn from this. This one's bothered me forever. And I tell you what, the things I've learned from it, number one, I never walk around in the woods with my scope on full power. That's a really stupid thing to do. But you know what? I learned the lesson. And that's a lesson I'll have with me for the rest of my life. Second, I should have just shot the thing, not tried to clear the brush. Your bullet will very much go through brush. It will, especially at 20 yards. It will very much go through brush. And so, but these are things that I didn't know as a hunter. These are things that I didn't think about even, you know, as a young man, as a hunter. Um, but they're lessons learned now. Um, you got to seize the opportunity to learn from your mistakes. So another one I'll throw out there because this one's just kind of funny. Um... At one point in my life, I interviewed at a fire department to become a EMT fireman. I was already an EMT fireman, but I was interviewing at a different department. <laughs> and the interview process started with a physical agility test. And then they said just some paper testing, just like on your firefighter knowledge and your EMT knowledge. And um, then the next day, they would have the actual face-to-face -face interviews. So the physical agility test is actually pretty grueling trying to remember what all what all was in it um there was a dry hose drag which means a hose that's not filled with water you had to drag it around these obstacles there was a charged hose drag or a wet hose drag and that means the hose is filled with water which means it's like a rigid pole and it's heavy and you had to drag it around a bunch of obstacles and then drag it through a diminishing clearance obstacle which started out at like four feet tall on one end and was maybe 15 feet long and on the very far end, it was only one foot tall. He had to drag the hose all the way through it. And then there was a ladder carry around some obstacles. There was an uh, 80-pound dummy carry. There was a simulated uh, ladder raise. Um, there was, oh, a simulated roof um, ventilation where you had to raise it. You had to hit this um, pile of old hose with a sledgehammer. 60 times every, with an eight pound sledge and the sledgehammer had to go above your head every single time. Um, what else was there? I don't know. Bunch of stuff. Oh, and then at the very end you had to bear crawl on asphalt, which I always thought was a jerk move all the way back to the beginning, which was about a hundred yards. And you had to do the whole thing in bunker gear on air. And they gave you uh, five and a half minutes to complete this whole course. So, I mean, pretty pretty grueling, actually. Uh, a little complicated. I mean, there's obviously a lot of little tricks, and once you figure it out, it's not that bad. I didn't, I didn't have any trouble passing. Um, and at the interview stage where you've been selected, no, nobody I was with had any trouble passing. It really wasn't, wasn't that big of a deal. 
So, but anyway, um, at the end, of course, I'm kind of sweaty and a little gross. Um, my one knee's bleeding a little bit because, and again, I don't know why they make you bear crawl a hundred yards on asphalt. Um, why that's a thing I will never know. And so in my mind, I'm like, all right, they said, okay, we're going to break for an hour and then we'll meet here at this other location to do the paper testing. I said, all right, cool. I can do that. Um, I'm hungry. It's lunchtime. I go and grab some food and I head over there. So in my mind, why in the world would I change? We're just doing some paper testing. It's only an hour. It's not enough time to take a shower, barely enough time to get food because there's about 15 minutes of drive time in there. I show up and every single other applicant is in a suit and tie. What I didn't know was apparently the chief of the fire station was going to be administrating the paper tests. And I show up in my basketball shorts, torn t-shirt, smelling and looking terrible. I did not get the job. Okay. What did we learn here? This is my opportunity to learn. I could just be, again, I'm an idiot. I could be really easy to be saying, oh, you know, they didn't really, <coughs> excuse me. They should have treated me the same. They should have, you know, not cared about how I was dressed and everything. And, you know, it's, it's their problem that they were they were too uppity. No, my problem. I should have maybe asked more questions about the interview process. Obviously, the rest of those guys knew, and I didn't. So that means that that's a me problem. That's something that I didn't figure out that I should have. Because um, they all knew. So whose problem is it? If everybody knows but one guy, probably the one guy. Um, second of all, again, looking back on it, I should have been like, man, why didn't I see that coming? I should have seized that opportunity to show up in at least a button up shirt and, and tie. And if the rest of the guys didn't, I would have stood out as being, you know, the one who looks really nice. Um, I should have seized that opportunity regardless of what I thought was going on. I should have seized that opportunity. So what did I learn? You know what? I should have taken the momentum and ran with it. I should have taken the opportunity to be professional, to one-up everyone else in the room, even when I didn't know that that was already a thing that was going to happen. Instead, I took the really, really easy road. I could have done some kind of ghetto shower and changed into some clothes real quick. I mean, that was I, I could have done that. Okay. So you almost learn more from missed opportunities um, than you do from seized ones. Or maybe they help you realize the ability to seize an opportunity when you see it. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to miss a few, but I think you need to miss a few and realize that you've missed them in order to recognize them later. And this all just kind of goes back to, you can't just flop and float around through life. You know, otherwise life's just going to pass you by and you know, it's like a river. You're going to be a rock in the middle of the river and it's all flowing past you. You got to flow with it. You got to grow. You got to keep moving forward and learning. And so you got to seize these opportunities for personal growth and for the growth of your children and your wife and your family. Um, if you are a married man. So these are all things that you have to do. I'll talk about one more seized opportunity. Um, and that was my wife. And you guys all might laugh, uh, but my wife, I uh, can honestly say, 
that I was in love with her for the first time I ever laid eyes on her. And she always laughs because she's like, I was 12 and I looked ridiculous and had no fashion sense. And I, looking back, I saw her from across the room, hair in braids, blonde. I was in love. And, you know, as a 12-year-old boy, in the very beginning, that's that's about all it takes. Um, so, seized opportunities. I loved this girl. I was going to let her know. Uh, long story showed, short, she did not reciprocate those feelings at 12 years old. Probably not her fault. But you know what? I was persistent. I learned from that. A few years later, I asked her out again, and, and we, we went out, or we dated for a little while, and uh, she broke up with me, which was fine. Again, I was, I was an idiot. Um, but I was persistent, and I learned from what I did wrong. I will say I learned how to date from dating my wife, and she will even say the same thing from her side. Uh, we were both just stupid teenagers. And, like, the reasons behind it and everything I'm not going to get into, but there was a bunch of stuff going on. Um, but I didn't give up and I learned from my mistakes. And then later on when we were like 18, uh, we were best friends. We'd been best friends for a long time. And she had mentioned something on the phone. I forget. We were talking on the phone. Um, I had just gotten done with some wildland firefighting training. We had, we were talking on the phone and she had mentioned something about last dating. I think that's like a joke. And I had said, well, you know, that'll never happen again. And she said, why? And I said, because you'll break up with me. <laughs> I still loved, loved her to death. Um, I still loved her like crazy. And she told me, she said, you should ask me to date one more time. I said, okay, I can do that. And I did. And then we got married uh, less than a year later. And so what do we learn from that? Is that one, hey, a persisting good guy, good guy can wear down any girl. No, that's not the lesson here. Is that instead of declaring my love to my wife as a 12-year-old, I should have focused on relationship building first. Um, of course, she wasn't going to want to have anything to do with me when she didn't know me. And then the first time we dated, we were like 15. Nobody should date at 15. That's stupid. You don't even know who you are, much less be able to focus on the other person. That's stupid. You shouldn't do that. When we were actually at a place where emotionally we could deal with dating and we were mature enough. I'm sorry, even as an 18-year-old, you're probably not mature enough, but whatever. To date, and we'd actually taken the time to get to know each other, and we were friends. We were best friends, really. Then it worked. But that's the process. And looking back on it, like, it teaches you, or at least me, a lot about relationship building. How you can't just expect to get where you want to be by yourself. You need to build relationships with people. You need to build um, real, real relationships with people before you can expect any kind of reciprocating um, transaction or any kind of anything in return. So... Missed opportunities and seized opportunities. Look for opportunities for personal growth. Look for opportunities uh, for hardship to have personal growth. Because you, you never grow better than when you're in the cooker. You know, than when the pressure's on, when the heat is on, and it's up to you, and things are hard, maybe even a little dangerous. That's the time you grow.
when you're under the pressure cooker, that's the time you grow or you fail. And you know what? There's so many lessons from failure. When I fail, say good. Now I know what to do better next time. Good. I say good. So look for those seized opportunities for growth, especially for your kids. And then look back. I bet if you've never done this, look back on certain points of failure in your life. Write them out. Look down. Write them out. And then think, what could I have done better in these? What's the lesson? And there's a lesson in every single one. Even if it's not something that like you can look back on and, I don't know, I'm not going to pretend to be you. Just be like, oh, that wasn't my fault. Or, oh, hey, that was so-and-so's fault. Well, you know what? There's a lesson in that one too, I bet. Um, 100%. There's a lesson in every single one. So there's your homework. If you're a homework type person, want to do some homework, write them down. If you never thought about them before, write them down. Figure out the lessons. And then you know what? Don't make those mistakes again. Take it to heart. I messed up. Be a better person. Easy. (laughs) No, but I like to think it is. All right, guys, I'm here at work, so let me pray for us. Dear Jesus, Heavenly Father, Lord and Savior in heaven, Lord, we thank you and praise you that we can be here today and just on this world you gave us. Lord, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and sending him to die for our sins. Lord, I just pray for my listeners that maybe they got something out of this and uh, would would grow closer and be more edifying human beings, and that uh, through this podcast they come to know you. Lord, I pray for my patience today as I go to work that... Um, I'd be glorifying you to them. Lord, I love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Okay, guys. Um, so as always, uh, feel free to email me any thoughts, questions, or queries at thoughts while I drive to work at gmail.com. All one word, no spaces, no caps. Thoughts while I drive to work at gmail.com. All one word, word, no spaces, no caps. Thank you. Bye.